because of me. Go on. Go on ahead. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? Hi. Check, check, check. I can't hear myself. Can you guys hear me? It's a lot on the floor. Okay, a little. In the house. It's Noah's mic. Check, check, check. So I got this. This is my husband's handy dandy laptop. Um, yeah, so I'm so excited to be up here. I feel like I have so much to say. And yet when you when you make the transition from singing a song on the platform to actually standing in front of a group of people and preaching the word, it's, it takes on a little bit of a different a different pressure. Um but I welcome that pressure. I was raised in church and was a pastor's kid. I was born under the front row and we had the bucket full of crayons and when you were feeling sick you took the bucket of crayons and dumped the crayons out, puked in it, went on. You were at church every time the doors were open. Um, I didn't really plan on um, starting out this way but you know sometimes the Lord has other plans. So um, but yeah, I was I was raised in church. Um, a lot of you know my story, but for the ones who don't, um, let me bring you up to speed. So I was a pastor's kid my whole entire life. Um, and our church, my dad started a church when I was nine, and it did very well. And, and the Lord used us and our family, and, and, you know, people started to come, and it got up to where we were having two services, youth services on Sunday nights. And um, this is actually not the first time I've preached. I've preached several times at multiple different places, but it's been a long time. Um, gosh, probably 10 years, and I was reminded at the beginning of the service that I've had multiple people come up to me in my life and tell me that I would be preaching, and then um, my family kind of fell apart, and my dad decided he didn't want to be married to my mom, so they got a divorce, and um, within a couple of years, he was remarried, um, so there were a lot of rumors and things flying around. It got so bad, in fact, that my family and I had to leave our hometown, um, and everybody went different directions. And instead of becoming the child who was, you know, getting ready to graduate nursing school and get married, I became the parent. And I had to be everybody, every everything to everybody. And my relationship with the Lord got very cold. I never questioned him because I'd had several experiences growing up that, you know, you can't you can't renege on God when, when he's been so close to you that way, but but, you know, when you're going through situations like that, man, things just get cold. And you think, I know what the Word says. I know that God doesn't leave. But I don't understand what is happening. And I don't understand why. Um, so, like I said, multiple people told me that I was going to preach. Um, and then when everything kind of fell apart and everyone went multiple directions, I thought, maybe I got out of it. So, I just continued to live my life and... Um, we ended up here um, really because Pastor and Leah had been um, longtime friends of my parents. Um, and Leah had sent me 
when I was a child, she had sent me like a little thing from Bath and Body Works for Christmas. And it, it didn't really mean much at the time, but the Lord brought that back to my remembrance because, you know, people don't hardly remember the pastor's kids. And I, I don't mean to be um, a negative Nancy, but a lot of time that's just how it is. Um, so I remember that, and my husband and I ended up back here, and we've been here for four years. And um, in the process, we've picked up the teen ministry, and which I always wanted to do that because kids are a lot easier to talk to than older people, you know. Uh, but yeah, so so I thought I got out of preaching, and then um, you know, a few gosh, a few months ago. It kind of just came up that I needed to get up here and tell everybody that I felt called to preach. And, and like, if you were here for that service, I pretty much said, it's not new to me, but it's new to all of you. So here we all are. So then I thought I got out of it because then you have to be invited to preach. And if nobody knows that you're a preacher except your pastor, there's not a lot of opportunities. So Leah would say, when you feel ready, you just let us know. And I'd totally keep it a secret that I've, I'm an old hand at this. Not really. But um, then Pastor texted me last week, and I was like, oh, man. Because, you know, I don't, it's easy for me to get up here and sing a song. I've been doing it my whole life. doesn't scare me at all. you got the music to back you up. Man, and the spirit just lets loose, and you just go. But when you got to stand up here, and, man, Paul said, you know, the teachers of the word are going to be held to a higher standard. You know, you got to be careful what you're saying, and you got to know what you're talking about. So a few months ago, the Lord kind of laid this on my heart, and, and I was just kind of in myself hoping that I'd never have the opportunity to tell it, but here we all are. So, I am really excited to be here. Having said all that, I'm really excited. Little teeny parts of the preacher in me are like, yes, let's go. So, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 32, and I just want to say I'm going to be using multiple versions of the Bible. Um, I think my favorite is between the New King James and the New Living Translation. And now I can tell you guys that because, you know, you all have been around for a while. You know what I'm talking about. But I also want to make the comment, if, if you get into your word, like on the daily, and you realize that when you start to read a verse that your mind just kind of ran, runs through that verse and that version because you've memorized it because you've been in your word that much, then I would suggest switching to a different translation because I was raised on King James. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you ain't King James, you ain't getting into heaven. And when I when I started to get get my own relationship with the Lord going, I was kind of pulled to different versions. Now, I'm not saying be that one weirdo that gets, like, the weirdest bottom translation on the list that's telling you to do weirdo stuff. But what I'm saying is, hold on, let me read you this quote that's farther down here in my notes. So, J.C. Riley said, Nothing so hardens the heart of a man as a barren familiarity with sacred things. Now let me retell you that because I personally have had concussions in my life and I have to think about the words that I say to comprehend them. Nothing hardens the heart of a man worse than a barren familiarity to sacred things. That means that you're so used to it that it just passes you by and you can't catch it. So having said that, I use multiple versions because I can comprehend some differently. So we're going to go to Exodus chapter 32, and we're going to start in verse 1, 
and read down to verse 7. And it's funny that you all have been talking about Moses because that's kind of where we're going to start. Um, so I'm just, oh, there it is. Okay. So when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come on, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of the calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. The Lord told Moses, Quick, go to the mountain, go down the mountain. Your people, whom you brought from the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. How quickly they've turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf, and they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, These are the gods, O Israel, who you who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Man, that just cracks me up. So here, Moses is up on a mountain, carving into some stone all the mysteries of, you know, the only God of the universe. And God says, quick, you better get down there. They're melting down their jewelry and making it look like farm animals. And the scripture goes on, and Moses says to God, like, whoa, like, why are you getting so upset? These are your people. You're the one that told me to go get them out of Egypt. And then Moses gets down the mountain, and he sees what the people are doing, and this is where he gets so mad at them. Now, he was just telling God, don't get all mad, God. It's not that big a deal. And he gets down there, and he throws the throws the Ten Commandments down and breaks them. And then he was so mad at them that he pounded them into powder and put it in their drink and made them drink it. That was probably the first energy drink. Or like the protein, you know. Anyway, I want to tell you, so just keep that, that scripture in the back of your mind. But I want to talk to you about my friend named Brittany. I met her when I worked um, casual at Holzer. And she was the girl that um, brought her Bible to work. You know, those kind. You know, I mean, I love the Lord, but I, I ain't bringing no big old Bible. And she would sit and read it to me. And, and, you know, and anybody that asked her questions, which wasn't very often, she would just take them right to the Lord. So, I, I mean, that was great for her. We had a good time. We were pretty good friends. But I, I didn't want to be as churchy as her, you know, because I had come out of the church. And I wasn't living that life right then. And, uh, in fact, we had a patient once, and I was just, man, he was yelling at me, and I was yelling at him, and, and she was like, no, you can't talk that way to these patients. And I was like, why don't you go read your Bible, Brittany? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, so Brittany and I parted ways, but she would bring, like, macaroons to work and talk about how if you wanted to buy a macaroon that she was sending all the money to a church in China and... <laughs> Oh, she was ridiculous, man. <laughs> um, but when I left Holzer, we kind of parted ways, and then I found her on Facebook, and I was like, you know, you got to be Facebook friends with these people, right? So I added her on Facebook, and um, she married this doctor, and, and she settled down, and she had a child, and they struggled to have children at first, and so it was really a miracle for them when they were able to have their son. 
Um, but she would say things that just blew my mind. Like one day she got on there on Facebook and she was talking about um, like wives submitting to your husbands. And she was just going on and on about how wonderful her husband was and how awesome and how he could do no wrong. And he was such a provider for their family. And, and like the front of my mind was like, this is sickening. I can't even make it to the end of this, let alone like it. But then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, man, that's just awesome. That's awesome that she's able to affirm her spouse like that, that she's confident in who she is enough to do that. That was the Holy Spirit in the back, and the Kayla in the front's like, man, she is nuts. So then, um, gosh, a couple weeks later, she had put, posted a picture of this darling child who's only a few months old, and it, like his, his little butt was showing. And apparently it offended somebody because the photo got taken down. And then she got on there the next day. Now, if that was me, I would have been like, who who turned me in for that? Come on over here and say it to my face, you know. But um, she got on there and apologized that she had offended anybody and that she would not allow that to happen again. And I was so mad. <laughs> the Kayla in my brain was like, what is this girl doing? But the Holy Spirit was like, hello <laughs> like you're not getting it here so gosh I felt that she had such antiquated beliefs of how women should act because I am you know I'm old not old as some as you guys but I feel old <laughs> but I'm I grew up in a generation where women can do anything you know nobody was holding me back and then for her to to purposefully hold herself back because that's what the Bible tells us to do. We are the weaker vessel. That's what the Bible says. And I, just to see the example, man, it just it sparked in me a change. And it made me really question, like, wait a minute. What do I believe? What is the foundation that I'm standing on? Because clearly it's got to be something closer to that. So I have been so convicted by that. So that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, I pray and read my Bible every day. And I'm, I'm not saying that to be puffed up because honestly I don't care if anybody ever looks at me. But I do. I read my Bible and I pray. And I listen to podcasts and the, the most famous preachers out there and what they have to say. And, you know, and all of those things. But at the end of the day, what am I doing it for? And that's my question for you guys, like, what, what are we here for? What do I believe? I mean, have you guys ever heard the story about the roast where the little girl got married and she wanted to make a roast, so she called her mom and her mom, her mom said, you got to cut the side of the roast off. Have you heard that story? So she puts it, she says, why do we cut the side of the roast off? And she said, I don't know, call your grandma, she always told me how. So then she calls the grandma and the grandma says, or she said, why you got to cut the side of the roast off? And the grandma was like, well, that's the only pan that I had to fit it in. Right? And she's, man, roasts are expensive right now. You can't be cutting off roast. Anyway. So, yeah, back to the, back to the golden cow. Um, that roast story was like a golden cow story. Did you catch that? Yeah. Segway. The Israelites took their own jewelry. 
the things that, that have been passed down for generations, things that were precious to them, things that were good in their lives. They weren't bad things. And they took them and they put them all together and they melted them down and they created a farm animal and they worshipped it. And sometimes I feel like... Oh, I have in my notes. They turned them into something that did not honor God. And I'm sure that all of that jewelry came from God. You know, the Bible says that every good thing is from above. But they, they took what they had been given by God and they made it dishonor him. And I wonder sometimes if we just get in this routine of coming to church and, you know, shake hands when you're allowed and, oh, we'll be at this shindig and we'll be at this get-together and we'll do this dinner and... and I wonder if, if maybe maybe we we are we are lacking somewhere. Um, before the corona hit, we were talking about focus, and it makes me wonder if God was like preparing us because I'm really struggling. People, I lost the fifty dollar pair of tennis shoes; they they are gone. Um, so I I want to ask you a question which I have technically kind of already asked you, why do you do the things that you do? What's your motivation for coming to church? What's your what's your motivation for being a part of this congregation? Um, I told you my experience about the little Bath and Body Works candle that sat on my dresser for years. Um, it was funny because Nerissa and I laugh about it because uh, a few years after um, our family fell apart, I saw Nerissa in Walmart and I was with my sister. I totally left my sister, left her hanging. She was like, oh my gosh, that's a bitem. And I was like, gone. Because, you know, they ask questions you don't want to answer sometimes. <laughs> What'd she say? She said, no, they don't. Her mom does. What do your core values look like? The next scripture, oh no, I just lost it. I wanted to tell you that the reason I'm using this is because we are broke and printer ink is super expensive and the only way I can get through these notes is to change the colors of them. So that's why I'm using this. So Matthew chapter 7 verse 24, you guys have heard this story so much. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against that house yet it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and great and complete was its fall y'all should have seen those teenagers faces when I was telling them that the Bible says if somebody slaps you on the face let them slap the other side and they, <laughs> they got they, they, you guys got all mad you was, one of them kids was like I let nobody slap my face twice but I, I had to be like look you know the Bible says this, this is what the Bible says um, but yeah we all have different preferences for a home right I want you to think about what you live in or what you prefer to live in some people have big and they prefer to go small i myself have super small and hopefully will be in a mansion bigger than i ever needed by the time i die 
Um, so whether your preference is a cabin in the mountains or a cottage by the sea or a large farmhouse, we all want one. We have, we have one thing in common that we want. We want the foundation to be strong, right? Who's, who would buy a house if the inspector came back and said, well, it may fall down in a couple of days? <laughs> Roger's getting the eye. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to stop looking at these notes. So how do you decide where you're going to build a house? Well, first you find a place that's pretty, right? It's got trees or a lake or the neighbors aren't too close. Or Once you find the perfect place, then you test the soil and make sure the soil can hold a house. You do all these things. So what I, what I want you to, to look at tonight is spiritually what that looks like to build a foundation so the first thing I, f I found this out thanks to Google because you can take one look at me until I've never built a foundation um, but the first step is to investigate the site what do the surroundings look like is the soil good um, and in your spiritual life in your heart this is where you allow the Holy Spirit to point the things out to you and the bad soil and the things that need to be removed um, James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We're taught to allow God to control our heart. Psalms 139 says, Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. Um, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You can't, I hate to be the one to have to tell you this, but you can't call yourself a Christian and commit to this body and, and come in here every service and not do what the Word is telling you to do. Because, you know, the Bible says you'll know them by the fruit that they bear. So my question is, what what is your foundation? What are you standing on? And we've been around here, like, I look around and I see faces that have been around here longer way longer than me you know what I'm saying and I am in no way trying to be like that punk kid that got up here and told you what to do my question is have we sat here so long that some the dust is gathered and maybe maybe the Rona was was God shaking us because you know and you know my my dad is has you know got himself turned around and he's living for the Lord and and he's um um, really believes in the end times and gets into that. So when the Rona hit, the Lord was coming back. You know what I'm saying? It was a matter of time. It was probably going to be Passover. You know, we all heard it. And here we are a few months later. And we're just waiting for the quarantine to let up. <laughs> waiting on round two, you know. So my question is, did we get all panicked? And then it's like... You know, when the air comes through the car and the dust goes up. And then the air is gone and the dust just settles back down. So, what are, what are we doing? What are we doing here? It's time to redig the wells. It's so funny because Pastor Michael was just talking about this a couple weeks ago. You know, when, when Isaac went and he redug all the dirt out of the old wells. That takes work. I mean, that's not easy. You know, you have to, like, look inside yourself and, and ask yourself the hard questions, you know. 
Ephesians 4 and 22, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds to be put on the new self created after the likeness of God. Second Corinthians 5, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is a daily process. It's not just when we accept salvation. Um, how has your life changed since you've been here? Do you see changes in your kids? I see changes in some of your kids. <laughs> what? What? How's your anger? How's your bitterness? Have you forgiven that person that hurt you 90 years ago? I mean, gosh. I sat over there and I was like, Lord, don't do this to me because I don't want to be a negative Nancy getting up there and being mean. But God is so gracious and he is so patient with us. And the Bible says that his mercies are new every day. So my question is, have you let the dust settle? So once you decide if you've let the dust settle, and you decide to let the Holy Spirit clean you up, you get all the bad dust out. Then you start laying the foundation a brick at a time. So we just went to Tennessee a while back. And um, who's ever been to Cades Cove? Anybody? you got to drive for like 1,900 hours to get there. But we did see a bear, so it was definitely worth the drive. <laughs> but they have these little stops where you can stop and, and look at stuff. And the church, the they have the little church that was built like a long time ago. And it is literally standing on rocks. Like, you know those big river rocks? Like, they're this big. And they're just stacked on top of each other on all the corners. And you take one look at that and you're like, it's going to fall. The minute <laughs> the minute I get up in there with all them people, it's coming down. You know? Or like we looked at a house a few months ago. Um, and it was like 200 years old. And we get down into the basement. Same deal. You know what I'm saying? Now, you build a house now, and they're like, oh, yeah, in 10 or 15 years, it's going to slide and do all this stuff. Them, them houses they built one or 200 years ago, man, they ain't moved. And it's, it blows my mind because they're, like, on just on rocks. Hello? <laughs> Is this scare anybody else? Psalms 119 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. So my point to all this is, if you haven't caught it already, that the rocks are the word. And that the way to dust yourself off and to live a life that honors God and to not be the person that melts your jewelry down because all you, want, all you find yourself doing is coming to church when the doors are open and, and worshiping through the praise and worship and hallelujah through the sermon and then on to the next thing through the week. The way you do that is that you, you put into action what the word says. For your life. Joshua 1 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. When was the, the last time that you quoted scripture to somebody? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard for me because I work in the ICU. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the biggest personalities of the big. You don't be going up in there quoting scripture. You're going to get your mouth slapped. You know what I'm saying? But when, when was the last time that we quoted scripture to ourselves even? You know, in Philippians it says, it says, Whatever is good and holy and right and righteous, think about those things. When was the last time that you were just sitting in your hole? Woe is me. Things are never going to get better. For me, it was like just a couple days ago. And then like 
how often do you allow the Holy Spirit to check you and be like, now Kayla, what does Philippians say? And you quote that. That's what I have to do. I have to quote that to myself. I will only think on things that are good. In Colossians, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. Psalms 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In a world where we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Psalms 37, the law of God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. Hebrews 4, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of the soul and spirit. Psalms 19, let the words of my mouth This is my favorite one. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, God. When was the last time you got up out of bed and said that before you had your coffee? That doesn't require you to memorize a chapter a day. That one verse will set your heart and your mind in motion for the entire day. We are at a critical point. We, we can't. We cannot continue as we have been. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank, Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah. 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 Gosh. I know that there's nothing any of us can say after after that. Galatians chapter 5 says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Matthew 19, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. Philippians 4, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The word does not change. Isaiah 40, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. The ways that have become antiquated are what we are being called back to. Things that the world would look at and scoff and mock. We are being called to stand up, to be anointed with the boldness of the Holy Spirit, and to speak his word in a world that does not believe us. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Look after the widows and the orphans. Break bread together and receive it with a grateful heart. If someone offends you, go to them. If you offend someone, apologize. The Bible calls us to be as wise as a serpent, but as harmless as a dove. Bring your family and your children to church. The Bible says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Make your church family a priority. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, even more so as you see that day approaching. The Lord has shaken this people. I believe that we're going to see revival. But I believe that it's going to come when we shake off the dust and understand what foundation we stand on. And instead of just living this life one day at a time until the Lord comes to take me home. We need to understand what we stand on. Ephesians chapter 2. So now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens, man, along with all of God's holy people, members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ himself. We are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are always being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. We need to get back to the basics. 
to continue to grow in quality and quantity. What does revival look like? We've said it before. It's not a ton of services for months at a time until people just get sick of coming. It's marriages restored. It's families coming back together. The child that you just want to slap, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to love them into his kingdom. We need some people that are going to rise up. I had a lady in our church when I was growing up. She was the only one that came. And 10 years later, every one of those people in her family were saved. And I I mean, hello, I know this is 2020, but we need some people that are going to pray until they see something happen. And that doesn't mean come in here and pray at the altar. That means in your quiet time, when you're alone with God, we... (laughs) Jesus, his sacrifice, his blood that covers our sins. His word is our foundation. May we continue to build our lives on his love and grow together in love. I used to sing this song when I was old and or when I was young and had no idea what I was singing. We need to get back to the basics of life. Remember that song? A heart that is pure and a love that's blind. A faith that is fervently grounded in Christ. A hope that endures for all time. We got to shake off the dust and quit quit coming to church just because you ain't got nothing else to do. Or you ain't got no other friends. Bring your family to church. Quit making this something that's an extracurricular activity. Do you want to see revival? You want to see the pews filled? Get in your word. Ask, just like the Lord has already said, what is, what is the Lord saying to you? Don't let the dust settle back down. I'm over it. I'm over church. I struggle sometimes to come in here because I feel like we solicit an emotional response and there's no change. Your kids are still lost to the world. Your families aren't coming back. And here we all sit. Praise the Lord. I've seen it my whole life. And I'm sorry that I got the opportunity to talk about it because I get so passionate about it. I want to see change. I want to see people restored and saved. And I believe that we serve a God that can do it. And I'm sick of the same old, same old. And I'm happy to be here. And I'm happy to be here with all of you. So that's all I have to say. Does anybody have any questions? <laughs> um, I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to let Pastor come up here and try to and try to kick over the dirt of everything I've just said. So let's bow our heads in reverence of the God that we serve. And let's close our eyes because he is holy. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence. Father, standing up here and talking about you is not something that I take lightly. And Lord, I just pray that I've said something. Lord, use your word. As the, as the seeds go out, Lord, you said it would return void. And I stand on that promise. I thank you for what you've done. And I thank you for this congregation of believers who've come together to stand on your word. We love you, Lord. And I just pray that as we go out that you keep us safe. And that you teach us something. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Won't you just say praise the Lord? Won't you give the Lord a clap offering of praise? Begin to clap and praise the Lord for the word of God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. How many here have decided you're not going to let the dust settle? Suddenly you just... Somehow or another I get a... I get a picture about dust. When this building here was built, there was a whole lot of dust all the time. As a matter of fact, we spent a Saturday doing nothing but before we opened up this building yes for worship we had a cleanup day. remember that some of you might remember it, some of you may not yes. we had a cleanup day and we literally had to take rags and wipe the dust off of the baseboards and off of the doors and off of the fixtures we had to clean and clean thoroughly though everything was just nicely done and new but there was still that dust I think sometimes I still see a little dust somewhere that may be a spot we didn't get. But the thing is this. When I think of dust, I mean, you can have the dust that accumulates as something just sits there. But then also there is the constructive dust. The dust of construction. And somehow I feel like in all this workings going on, the dust is going to settle. It's just like the artist that is working out the stone and chiseling away. He'll pound and chip and chip and chip. Have you ever worked on something you work on and then all of a sudden you stop? And you, and you blow away the dust. And then you see what you've done. And then you do more. And after a while you... And you see what you've done and the progress you go more I'll tell you what I'm believing God that the dust that we're dealing with is a dust of construction that God is building and God's Come doing off. something in us oh he's chiseling away something we need the Holy Spirit to come and blow and blow the dust away so we can see what God has done to us and with us for I don't believe that the devil is taking charge in this matter. I believe no. God is large yes, and God. in charge. Yes, God. That our God's doing something great and mighty. We just don't, we don't want to sit still. No, we want to let the spirit blow the dust away and then keep chiseling away, God. Keep working on us, Lord. Keep, And we're going to keep working, believing God, what God's got in store for our life. And what's going on in our homes and our families. Hallelujah. 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 I want God to move in every household and every person in this church. I want God to move in every life that lives in this county. Right, in this right. town. And, and the neighboring counties. Declare it I so want to see Lord. the lost one before Jesus comes back Hallelujah. again. I want us to be Come on. so impassioned as Kayla talking about that, that passion that we find that there is a purpose, that God has us for a purpose, and God's going to use us Hallelujah. for a purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That everybody will find their purpose Hallelujah. in the kingdom of God and their kingdom purpose right now. Would you stand with me right now? With me, if you wouldn't mind. Hallelujah. 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 I want you, if you would, just raise your hands with me and begin to 
Make this your prayer and say it out loud and say, Holy Spirit, blow away the dust. Holy Spirit, blow away the dust. Reveal to us, show us, O oh Lord, as a people, blow away the dust. We want to see what you're doing and how you're working on us. Just blow away the dust. We don't want to settle. Lord, we want to be complete. We want to be complete in you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, just blow the dust away. Blow the dust. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Will you just praise him right now and glorify him? Thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, that I'm in your kingdom. I thank you, God, I'm in your plan. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for revival you're sending and the fire that's burning. I thank you, God. Hallelujah. Lord, I know that this is a busy season. There are people not coming to church because of concerns of the virus. I know that, Lord. But I also know, Lord, that there are people traveling and they're running. Wherever people are at, even those who are on vacation, those who are sitting by the, on the beach and watching the ocean, Holy Ghost, speak to them. Stir them there right there on the beach. Oh, Lord, stir them in their living rooms or wherever they're at, God, in their homes. Stir us right where we're at, oh, God. Move upon all of us wherever we are. We declare to the north and the south and the east and the west. We declare the children of God coming into the house of the Lord. We declare those who are lost will find. And we call out to the prodigals in the name of Jesus Christ. Come back. Come back to the Lord. Wake us up, God. Wake us up, God, that only you you can wake us up, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Wake us up, God, not to the sound of an alarm for us to be fearful or afraid, but wake us up by a trumpet, God, that blows and declares the children of God to move forward and to advance in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, church, just call them in. Go and start calling them. Pray for people right now. Pray for the congregation. Pray for the people of God. Oh, Lord, minister. Let us all come alive in you. Let us all come alive in you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, oh God, 